Hey, Dom Day fans, Coombs Corner here. Got a question? If you want to take a chance, lay it on after the beep. Hey, fellas, Cabbage McRae here, leaving a message for Coombs Corner. I have a question as a four-time Dom Day champion. Not a big deal. Basically a perennial winner and reigning silver brick winner. Thanks, Wolfie. What advice would you guys have for me to get back into my winning ways? Hey, Cabbage, great to hear from you. Holy crap, I thought last week's question was tough. First off, Gorp agrees with you. Four championships are not a big deal. Anything less than 10 in his household doesn't count. Hey, so what if you don't win? Your family, they are so close to completion. Another brick in a block like your dad, and bingo, your new home's built. Ah, for Christ's sakes, not helping much, am I? All right. Here are three surefire ideas to get you back on winning track. Number one, increase your odds. Try playing on a team with the least or no relatives on it. Number two, mirror your idol. Start wearing gray track pants. Shit, they worked for him. And number three, I opened a batting academy since these stiffs haven't paid me. Sign up. You'll be knocking it past the pitcher's mound in no time. Oh, one other thought. Don't be ashamed. Just ask. Hey, guys, can I be the catcher? Hell, they had me in the field, so I asked, and it worked for me. My drought was finally over. Yours will be too, Cabbage, and you'll be back in the winner's circle in no time. Hey, folks, that's it for today. This is Coombs rounding the corner at first base and still on my feet. Stay tuned for the podcast. The boys, they have some tall tales today. Third period. Last game in the playoffs, too. Oh, take me where the hockey players face off down the rink. And the Stanley Cup is all filled up for the champs who win the drink. Now the final flick of a hockey stick and a one gigantic scream. The puck is in, the home team wins the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old it's time for another episode of Dumb Day Tales. Welcome to our 14th show. It's Justin, and I'm joined, as always, in our studio by my co-hosts, the Masters of Mayhem, the Kings of Chaos, Donnie, Babe, and Cote. Dizzy Patterson, our world-famous executive producer, is, as always, pressing the dials and keeping us on track. We are joined once again by our guest, Dom Day stalwart, Mighty Mike Fuda. Lots to cover tonight, so we're going to hop right into it. Not often do you get a group of six guys on a Zoom call on a Tuesday night with three Stanley Cups between them, but tonight you're in luck. That's the case with us. Babe, as a winner of the Cup in 1989, why don't you take us back to those days and what it was like bringing Lord Stanley home to Rexdale? I mean, it was Rexdale. I mean, we've been through many Dom days as we've discussed. So, uh, you know, I hadn't lived in Rexdale for a bit by by then. I, you know, graduated university, went on in flames. So a lot of guys had moved out. So, cause you know, at the time, Rexdale was fairly expensive to live in uh, compared to going out to Newmarket, Orangeville or Mississauga even. Um, so a lot of guys lived out there. So when we, when we won, uh, I happened to be able to get the cup to my parents' place. Uh, we were at the NHL awards dinner. I went up to the guy who, you know, sort of manages the Stanley cup. Uh, he was a head of NHL security at the time guy named Frank Torpy he was an old uh, New York cop. And I said to Frank, I said, listen, would it be possible to get the cup back to my, my parents' place? 
And he was like, nah, Colin, can't do that. You know, the Oilers and, you know, there's been lots of issues with the cup over the last few years. So no, no, no. So I was like, okay, at least you ask, right? Well, Phil Pritchard, who is a curator of the cup, happened to be behind him. He comes up to me and goes, hey, where do you live? You know, where do your parents live? I said, well, in Rexdale. And he goes, well, I, I can bring the cup there, you know, probably at, say, nine or, you know, and I think he said nine, but uh, I guess he said 9.30. So um, we continued on that night. And actually at the NHL Awards dinner, we had two special guests. Uh, one of the guests is on here tonight, Paul Coates, made his way into this event with jeans, jean shorts and a t-shirt on along with Brent Ellis and how they got in there. I don't know. Cause we had to show our badge like, you know, 10 times uh, to get through. So I told them, I said, listen, we got the cup coming. So it should be pretty exciting. And this is, you know, you didn't have all the, you know, communication uh, novelties that you have now. You basically had to get on the phone to phone people. There wasn't a phone, you know, where I could go to and, and throw in some quarters or dimes and call people. So I had to wait till the next morning and we continued on uh, till a few hours in the morning, got back to my parents' place at probably at 7 a.m. And I started going up and down the street, knocking on doors. And one of the best was Mr. Goodman. And I, I remember this, you know, um, knocking on his door and he opened the door and Mr. Goodman came out and he was, you know, a little bit older than my dad. So he was like, you know, Colin, so happy. And we only embraced, and this is pre-COVID, obviously, uh, we were able to embrace without masks on. And he said, I said to Mr. Goodman, I got the Stanley Cup coming to my parents' place. Uh, you know, love to have you there. And he was like, uh, I'd love to come. But he goes, uh, I have a dentist appointment. And I remember saying to him, I go, Mr. Goodman, I said, you know, give me your phone. And he had, you know, the old cord, which was like, you know, 12 feet long. And he dials the dentist. And uh, Futes, if I'm not mistaken, your mom was on the other end. Dr. Wozniak. Wozniak, yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I said, you know, it's called that. She goes, oh, God, how you doing? You know, and, and so we started chatting. I said, you know, Mr. Goodman, you know, he's got his dentist appointment. She goes, tell him to come in whenever the frick he wants. You know, it doesn't matter. So, you know, I went down and, you know, made my way around. And uh, it was it was pretty spectacular. And I remember going to Mr. Carlo's place. And, you know, for Cote would probably remember Mr. Carlo. I don't know if Futes, if you would, or Donnie, but he was this big German guy. And he had two kids my age. And. I remember I put a puck through his window in like 1972 and he never forgot it. Like I knock on the door and I, first of all, I'm 29 years old. I'm, I'm walking up to his door. I'm starting to sweat. I go, Oh, frick. I gotta, you know, should I, shouldn't I? So I knock on his door and he opens, he goes, Oh, Colin Patterson, you put the puck to my window in 1972. I said, yes, I know Mr. Good or Mr. Carlo. And I said, you know, hopefully, you know, you can come over. I've got the Stanley cup coming, you know, this can make amends. And, you know, so uh, it was a spectacular time. And, and so we got, you know, so many people on the street and then people, cause I'd phoned, you know, case couldn't make it in. And, but, you know, we phoned a few people, how he was there. He phoned a few people. Cause you had to do that. You, you just couldn't do one form of communication. Everybody had to sort of phone people and Cote and Brent who I guess were overserved beyond belief. We didn't make it. No, we didn't make it. I didn't phone anybody. Brent had a, a run in with the law that night and I, I passed did, out yeah. somewhere and missed the whole thing. So it was, it was pretty spectacular. So we got all these people on the driveway, you know, nine o'clock comes and we told people just bring whatever drink you have uh, because it wasn't time, you know, and plus the LCBO wasn't open at that, you know, particular time in the morning. So people came with whatever hooch they had. And I remember we had probably 75 people on my parents' driveway and it's about nine 15 and I'm going, uh, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure he said today, 
uh, that he was coming, you know, Phil, because I go, I have no contact info for him. I have nothing. He doesn't have mine. He's got my ad, my parents' address. So, you know, and there's no GPS or anything back then. And they lived on Barhead, have another drink, boys and girls. Um, so sure enough, about 9.30, this, and I'm expecting this armored vehicle to pull up and this little Toyota Tercel hatchback pulls in my parents' driveway. And I went down to, you know, tell the guy, get the fuck off here. And he rolls down his window and it's Phil Pritchard from the Hall of Fame. Like, Phil, he was calling. He goes, oh, sorry, I'm a little bit late, you know. And he goes, uh, I said, well, where's the cup? He goes, well, it's in the back. It is wrapped in bubbled plastic in the back of his Toyota Cell hatchback. And he's been on the 401 for, you know, the busiest highway in Canada for, you know, probably an hour. So we got the cup out and it was just a fabulous, you know, and Futes will tell you, you know, his experience. It's just a fabulous moment and it's so special. And when you see the cup and, you know, when you got it on the ice, you don't realize, you know, you know, the historic value of it and everything else, even when you're drinking out of it and you see it in the dressing room, but to get a moment to look at it and look at the names engraved in the cup around the cup and, you know, the rings around the cup come off every 10 years, one ring comes off so they can keep it the same size. So they can keep it about, you know, there's five rings on it and the cup and it weighs about 32 pounds. So your name is only on there. I mean, only it's, it's on there for 50 years. And you think, oh, it's on there forever. And now I'm going, holy fuck, I wish we would have won a, a couple more. <laughs> but, you know, it was, a, it was just a special time. And I remember, you know, all the pictures we had within the backyard. You know, I have a great one of Jordan Niskanen, who I think was two or three years old at the time, and Kevin Woods. I mean, we just, there's so many, you know, great memories of it. And, yeah, so, you know, to, to win that and then come and, and win Dom Day was equally as good i mean it, you know it sounds stupid but you know one is on a much bigger stage but the other one is a big stage within your peer group too hey, when, how long were you say from the time you guys won the cup like and then you were back to rexdale would have like between dom day would have been a month like how late did the playoffs go that year yeah plus we won on may 25th in 1989 okay, so, so dom day was july 1st so you had a month and a bit month, yeah. yeah classic Absolutely Perfect. classic. Yeah. So then, and so if I can, if I can wrap yeah. it up on that one is uh, the best was at the end. You know, Mr. Carlo and I sort of looked at each other, and you know, he was thrilled. You know, and he he was a German guy, and I didn't realize how much the cup meant to him. But you know, he sort of put his hand on my shoulder. I put my hand on his shoulder. Never exchanged words, but I knew you know I was sort of exonerated. He's never going to mention a broken window anymore. So he leaves. Mr. Goodman pulls me in, and this is the best line. He goes, and his wife is like, Audrey is like, uh, you know, two steps behind him. He goes, Colin, this is the most excited I've been since my wedding night. I was like, nah, maybe a little too much information, but good to know. Good to know that. <laughs> Fantastic stuff, guys. So off the back of that, the Stanley Cup has its first visit to, uh, to Rexdale in 1989. We flash forward um, and Futsi get the opportunity to bring the Stanley Cup back to Rexdale, not only once, but twice. Uh, why don't you tell us a bit about your uh, experience with the Cup and, and the opportunity that you had getting to, to bring it back and share it with the Dom Day community? Well, first off, um, I mean, when Colin did it, like, I mean, I don't think there was a dry eye in any house in the Rexdale because he knew he was our guy. And I mean, keep scoring the big goal. I mean, but in, in our typical fashion, it was a uh, Gilmore to Mullen over to number 11. <laughs> Babe was up for, Babe was up for the Selkie and we still wouldn't give him any credit, 
but I, I, I would remember for me, because it's hard for me to fathom being a two-time Stanley Cup champion when I real, when I rear back to going into Buffalo, so gassed out of my tree. <laughs> <laughs> to watch Babe play and we're in the back. There was two things I remember most being so overserved that I was just yelling. So I couldn't believe that Babe was the assistant captain. And I must have said, Babe, you're wearing the extra thread. I must have said it 600 times. Thank God these guys had moved on. And I hope there was no video at the time. There was social media. I got no cups. <laughs> then I'm in the back of the. They take we had somewhere else. There's the name Annie Leibovitz rings a bell. <laughs> somehow, somehow we're in the back of a car and we decide we're gonna call in to their Sabres talk show and just keep calling in and talking about Colin Patterson. He doesn't play enough. And it took about five calls before the guy realized <laughs> it's like when a stranger calls. It was all calling from the same house. It was Colin Patterson night. But to think how much support we had and how proud we were of Colin doing what he did. And then for my career, I mean, I obviously took too many shortcuts. I mean, I had a successful uh, career, but took way too many shortcuts to the players. When the door opened up for me as an executive, there was no chance I was going to take any shortcuts. And I was very fortunate to get involved at St. Mike's. And then it fast forwarded through the OHL. And then through my uh, Owen Sound program, I ended up getting hired by the LA Kings. So as far as just the victory itself, our our first time winning it, we were up three, nothing in every series. So you kind of never had that game where if you lose, you're out and they were all close games, but there was never that tomorrow could be it. And, uh, and then even in the game, our clinching game, we were up like five, nothing after the first period, we scored four power play goals, which we, I think we, I don't think we'd scored a power play goal. And Bernie Nichols took credit for it all, which is another piece of work. He is in Dennis Rook. <laughs> Dennis Rook would love a chat a chat together. <laughs> but it's, uh, it, it was just unbelievable. And you're, it's going through your mind. This is happening. I'm going to be going on the ice. And, uh, and I thought of Colin. I thought of Rexdale. I thought of my parents. I thought of my daughters. You know, I, I was divorced. And I thought, of how, how am I going to get this thing to Dombe? Like, and it's weird that you're actually sitting in that moment. And that kind of sums up how much this group means when you're thinking, okay, I got my day planned. I got to go to Owen Sound. Okay, Dombe. Da, 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 da. anyway I remember sending out the invites and I was told you know be smart about it it's time with your family and Dom Day is my family so by the end of the night I had um, the guy with the white gloves I had a different one uh, I didn't have Phil but I know all the guys came I had sent out invitations we had a blast uh, it wasn't as personal as I wanted it to be with the Dom Day guys but it's just such a it just happened so fast and you want to include so many people and it was a lot of fun I remember I think we were at uh that bar over on um, on Dixon that's there forever. It's been there forever. Arizona's. Arizona's, yeah. And the guy there was such – we had – it was packed with Dom Day people. We had a bunch of fun. A lot of people got some nice pictures. We got wildly hammered. We went back to the Marriott, which has be, had become my home away from home, and we I convinced the guy, the, the white-gloved guy, that if uh, – Mikey, that if he stayed overnight, I'd get him a suite. If he – that could allow the cup to stay an extra four hours into the night because you got to drop it off in the morning. And – and we just partied our hearts away. And I thought to myself, you know what? Heaven just hit. And then all of a sudden, you know, two years later, you're sitting there in a totally different way to win it. And, you know, Alec Martinez scores in double overtime. And I'm like, okay, this year, this time I'm going to do it right. <laughs> it came across me to just, this thought was, first of all, I wanted Quinn Moyer to get it to Donnie O'Neill's grave site, good friend of ours, Quinn's. And that was the first thing we did in the morning. And there was so much centered around my daughters being like I had had it in Owen Sound. I wanted my daughters to be front and center. But I had this vision of a party bus and just loading the Dom Day guys on it. 
and just putting the cup on there and then just driving around and whatever came up. I had some places I wanted to stop and it just kind of the way it unfolded, it couldn't have been any better because with Babe, it's, it's I mean, it's become documented. Colin basically was the, the grandfather of the, uh, I'm not dating you as a grandpa. It's just, you, you're the first person to ever have the house visit. You started the house visit for the National Hockey League. So we're driving around and I'm like, okay, we're at the keg. Then we're at my bar and it's like, now we're wheeling around. I'm looking around at the guys that are in there too. And it's the all-star team of our drunkenness. <laughs> we were missing some guys, but I, I look at it now thinking like, like it was, it was amazing. And I mean, even the people that brought their families up, that didn't get on that bus. It was like trying to get tickets into a, <laughs> and we just kept going and going and Bobby and the boys and drinking. And then by the time we get to a certain, we got to the keg, which I had promised it. And then when we got into Rexdale, it was like, I was like, we're going to Remo's. Boom, we go into Remo's. And we just, I mean, Donnie, we got the picture on the bar at Remo's. And that's one of our obviously staple places with Don Day. And they knew it was coming, but we're, I mean, it was heaven. And then we pull out of Remo's and I'm looking at my schedule going, I'm a little bit, I'm supposed to take this thing to Wendell Clark's bar. That's where the big end off is and everybody's at. And I, I, they're like, let's go to Case Field and take the picture at Case Field. And we had the epic shot at the back stop. And then we went over Pike, <laughs> Jerry Springer's sitting station. And we had another shot in front of the, the Woodwards. And then we got back on. I'm like, it's, it's, it was an, it was an automatic. We got to go to babes. That's where it all started. And we go around and I, babe, you know, you can probably <laughs> explain what happened when you got as, as special as my day was, this was probably better to enjoy and experience. And when feet stopped, when the bus stopped at my parents' place, it, you know, it was sort of, a, it was emotional in a way. And so I get out and, you know, we get the guys piling out because we're going to take a picture from the front. And I go, well, I better knock on the front door just, you know, in case these people come to the front door and look out and I haven't met them. So I knock on the door and nothing. So we're getting this picture taken and this carpool's in the driveway. And it's the people who own the place. So there I am. I'm trying to explain to them about, the Stanley Cup, you know, we own the house. We had the cup here 20, you know, 25 years ago, and and it, it it wasn't going anywhere. So we just sort of brought the cup over in front of them and and took a picture with them. <laughs> and I swear to God, they still don't even know what that is. We yeah. probably went oh, throw it out. Yeah. yeah. But it was it was spectacular. And I go, uh, you know, forever thank you, Feuds, for having me involved in that and, and riding around that day. You know all the comments that were floating around, and, and having the cup there—it's—it's it's, as I said, that's it's, that's it's a very unique trophy. That's what kept hitting me, babe. And even the guy, the, the security guy. Now, obviously, the security was a lot more strict with all these rules. You, you got to hold it and pour it to win it, and all this different things. Like people didn't understand the rulings, but every time it just kept hitting me that when we—I'd look in the middle of the bus, and the cup was just sitting right there, and it was just—you just can't even gravitate that's these are the boy these are my boys this is the dom day crew and the stanley cup is in the middle of our bus and we're just going from bar to bar we went to my place at eight gladsmore and then we went on to wendell clark's and again i had already paid the guy off the marriott so we went back and just took her deep into the late night again and it's like it i'll tell you one thing it does it's like it's like you said with dom day when you get there you never want to leave it well as you know babe once you win it you never want it. Like it's just now it's just killing me to get back. I always jokes. I have three daughters and two Stanley cup rings. And one of them feels like they're getting screwed up, <laughs> screwed out of some jewelry. So I better get a job and get back at it. But to be able to share something like that with your friends and your best friends and the quality of the people that were there and the quality of the partiers that were there, but so respectful. It's like, 
it's unbelievable. Again, it's those professionals that have such great careers on their own away from it, but then they put their superhero costumes on when it comes time to party. <laughs> and it's such an incredible group to hang out with. Did we not start at like nine o'clock in the morning? I remember we met at the, the Marriott, right? Marriott. Wasn't that where we got on the bus and I'm like, we're drinking already. And it the never bus was Marriott. I mean, remember Trout, I think Trout popped the oh. first one. I think yeah. Kinger was probably, I think Kinger was there too. I've looked at, I looked down the bus pictures cause I, it still shocks me the group that was, because for me, it was like, there's a couple guys that later, like I, I didn't kind of, it wasn't anything about it. I didn't get on the, the raw size wagon. Cause I just didn't know. Them, right. Like I didn't know, like I told you, like when you told me about, and then when you meet them, you're like, how am I not then up in Muskoka, you start to see what these people are all about. Cause they weren't on all of our placid trips and stuff like that. And then you see guys like, uh, like Gordy, just a legend, McCray. Um, and, but it was just, I just found that was part of it is to start to meet the people that you don't, didn't really know and find out, wow, like, wow, like, holy smokes. Like, but, and again, I, for the life of me, I still remember making that call to Mike Minnows <laughs> and asking <laughs> for Mike Minnow and his wife laughing. And I'm like, uh, yeah. And she's like, there's no Mike Minnow here. I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't even know there was a Steve Monroe. So I was all in on Mike Minow. And I mean, I guarantee I was one of the one that wrote a check to Mike Minow, but it was hilarious when then all of a sudden he starts showing up at all the kitchen. At the time when I was in the OHL, you'd, you'd go to your little spots and you knew if you went to Niagara here, it's, this guy was going to be there. If you go to Calgary, you know, Babe and Frankie T were going to be there. And then you go to, um, like, who is that? Who is another great version in, uh, oh boy, in Kitchener, Min was out of the Ranger game. So it was just, it was just awesome. Just awesome. It's funny, Future, you mentioned, you know, you're not allowed. If you haven't won the cup, uh, you're not allowed to raise it yeah. over your head. And I have pictures of Howie and Westy with a cup over their head. They're shaking it away. <laughs> it is great. Because they, they didn't have they, 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 babe, they handed out a thing by the second one. And it was to the point that it was a three-strike rule, right? And they were – and I'm like, I don't – the guy was a great guy. But, I mean, I didn't think. But I literally left the table once. And then it was great because if you were there, you could – you you'd won it right but it was yeah. like and then the foley was there too at this second one so he could help but it was like the guy was like if you if another if one of your friends picks up the cup on their own we're gonna have to shut it down and he kept saying that and i'm like and then i see these clouds i see maroon walking around look like the thing was in a car accident today you see the cup so, i mean i can't wait to see it. and as soon as i saw it was in maroon's hands i knew exactly that where that explanation would come from but they were so serious about the security of it and uh, i remember us in Los Angeles, the second, uh, it was the first year they took it to this place called Bleacher's Madhouse that David Arquette owned. And the whole cast of uh, 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 the entourage was there and David Beckham and all these, and we were just in the middle with all these movie stars. And then they brought in all these supermodels all around us. And then they just had like burlesque shows, rock shows, like the group fun was there. And then all of a sudden, every time they'd, uh, they'd stop and they'd play Rocky, they hooked uh I don't know. I don't, what do you call a uh, Cote? Help me out. What do you call like a, a smaller person now? An amp? <laughs> Rocky? <laughs> no. <laughs> don't get me any trouble. A smaller individual. A small leprechaun. A leprechaun. Really smaller <laughs> individuals, like the old wrestlers. And they'd hook them up with, uh, and they had LA Kings jerseys on, and they'd say, gonna fly now, and they'd fly them all around the ceiling with this, 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 it got out there 
<laughs> and then it was like, and so every oh, song, and then the next song would stop and they just start playing, I believe I can fly. And sure enough, <laughs> there they go again. And I remember Chuck Liddell would like, every time they went down, Chuck Liddell, the UFC guy would take a poke at one of them. And the NHL channel was there filming it. And they literally had to, like, that was when Gary Bettman was losing his mind that he goes, the Stanley cup was at a, you know, a bar with a bunch of little people getting flown around. <laughs> just was not a good look. It wasn't a good look for the national league at the time, but. It's, I, I remember, I remember the first, the first one, we, we went back to the Marriott and, and we were sitting in that suite and we had a great, we had a great group there. I know Danny, Danny Cote was there. I know both oh, yeah. Filman boys. Uh, there was a whole pile there. And, and Evan was there who was, I guess, uh, what was that? 2012. Was it the first one? Well, so he was 10 and, uh, and I'm like, I got to get him to bed. And you're like, hang on a sec. I got, you know, the cops coming back here. Just, just, so, but we didn't tell him what it was. That was, the right? guy. That was one of the guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it? Which one? <laughs> Thanks, Cote. <laughs> Cote's got that on his phone. Oh, so we're like, okay, Evan, you got to stay up. You got to stay. And he was literally like falling asleep. I don't know what time it was, midnight or one o'clock or something. And the door rang, and and in comes the Stanley Cup, and he was like, oh my god, <laughs> you know, it's like, I think he, that's I, amazing. That was part yeah. I love too when I look back at the pictures is like everybody had their kids there. Right. It, and that's part of what the Dom Day thing was, too. Like, I mean, I had become like I did. I didn't know uh, Eric Niskanen other than I remember somebody telling me he was like used to run a company called International Stick or something like that. And all of a sudden, like, you know. Alana and Jordan, they were both there. We became best. Like, we became like we'd be going down to Blue Jay games together and like to have all the crew there, the. The Cotes, the it was it was awesome. Just that it was a, it was an awesome thing to have that whole group. And then one of the f- most enjoyable pictures of the night was when we brought all the senior Dom Day guy. I remember to bringing all the senior Dom Day guys on to take a picture with the cup. And then everybody left, and then all their kids came on and took a picture with the cup at uh, Wendell's place. And that those pictures are kind of like for me. That's like the lifelong blast for what it was all about, as far as keeping the families and keeping it growing. Awesome stuff, stuff, guys. Stuff, yeah. Any other final thoughts on the Stanley Cup before we pivot back to Dom Day, guys? Okay, perfect. So the next topic that we wanted to talk about with you, you feuds, and and I know we kind of hinted off on on it earlier, but really about you know we talk about great people in Dom Day, uh, and if we look down the list of guys who are currently playing in in the tournament, a lot of them came in uh, by way of you. Um, so why don't you tell us about some of those friends that you brought into the tournament and, and what it was like for you to be able to kind of share what this Dom Day tournament was with them? Well, first off, after being in Dom Day, like, and knowing the quality of the people and some of the people that, you know, I'm not saying everybody was, a, you know, a five-star, but if you're going to get a chance and these guys are going to say, bring your friends in, you want to bring people in that are going to just, they're going to take it and look at it the same way you do. They're going to take it on as something that, they're going to dip their toes in and then they're just going to be hilarious. I, I'd had all these incredible moments like Trout Peters at the time. He was just Steve Peters. Okay. <laughs> Steve Peters had more stories on him. Like by the time he got to Dom day and I know they've grown, but I mean, this was a guy that like we would go out drinking and he would like 
we, he would get in a, he'd fall asleep, he used to fall asleep places that weren't his. Like he fell asleep in the back of a car and, and the people drove up to a, their cottage and then he woke up at somebody's cottage. <laughs> like he, he drove, he was at my, he was at my going away party when I, I was flying to Europe. He dropped me off at the airport and the next night showed back at my place and said, Hey, Mr. Ms. Futes, where's Mike? <laughs> And they said, you were there yesterday, Steve, he flew to Europe. But he's, and I always remember, like, there's little bits and pieces, like, as we're growing up as adults, too. Like, we had our Sunday night hockey teams the same way you did with that. That group was kind of the core group. And um, and Trout and I were running it. And uh, and it was just, uh, and it was hilarious. Because this guy's going to be a principal. I remember him inviting me into his classroom. <laughs> and then he's got a, he says, I want you to treat uh, Mr. Feudal with the same respect you treat me, which I broke down laughing. So I couldn't get this out. Then I, he brings me out to his gym class where he proceeds to have, he's got kids running through the long jump and if he draws a line in the sand and if they don't get over the sand, he just goes, you're cut, <laughs> you're cut, you're cut, you're cut. So the emotional communication bond that he was forming at the time. And then I got, I have to stray off into one quick story because you guys, we always had our 10 minute. I, I decided I love the Don Day stuff so much that I tried to put a team together called 10 individuals. I called it 10 men. And then uh, Slade Digby sent me a letter saying I was going to be sued for infringement on using the title. So <laughs> I called us 10 individuals and I entered us in a slow pitch tournament centennial. And I'd call a court, like the, the group of the guys back for a couple centennial tournaments. And it was, you never get all the same guys, but you'd get Al. The right, the right, like Chevy always played. Donnie would come up and it was hilarious. We were the 10 individuals. And then finally one tournament, we go in and some guys are missing. So somehow we end up, I got Scotty Walker <laughs> playing for us. Who's a, a player, um, uh, Chevy, Pino, Don, we got Al pitching. We, we were, I, I think I got Jason Woolley and Paul O'Donnell who were coming back from Michigan state playing and we're in the D tournament. So we go six and a wheel to final. We end up the last out, Billy Pino's running out to the outfield and Chevy calls him off. And I still remember, do you remember the play? Were you in this one, Donnie, when Pino yeah. and he, somebody, somebody else gets headbutts in the package, <laughs> but holds onto the ball and we call it the purple lizard catch because the time we got out there, <laughs> this, his whole, his whole package was just purple. And we were all celebrating around this wounded warrior in the outfield. And then they tell us, that we've qualified for the world slow pitch championships in Grand Mare. And we're all like, Hey, we're going to the world. <laughs> Little do we know that you guys have real jobs. So I'm trying to put the same team together and like six guys cancel. So I got to go around and collect a bunch of guys with your names to go play at this tournament in Grand Mare called the world championship. And they're like the first game they're selling tickets with fans. We have one bat and we show up. And we're like, they're announcing our team now batting Al McRae. <laughs> I can't remember who would go up, but it'd be like a buddy of mine. And like, there was a home run competition. And it was like, it was another offset story. I think only maybe one or two of the, because we were calling you guys, we were, you guys were the Dinos and we were the Utes at the time. And a lot of the Dinos had re regular jobs and couldn't make the trip to Grand Mare. But at that Grand Mare trip, Trout took it to another level. He was found at one night there was a party. He was in his chocolate brown underwear. We couldn't figure out. He was climbing the DJ booth in chocolate brown underwear when security got him. Sounds and like trout. Sounds like. So these were the things we were doing as the Utes offspring of what you guys would do, which would always lead to the Placid tournaments. But 
I know it's a long ramble, but everybody I wanted to have in, I wanted to have that character that they were going to bring a unique character, like Jimmy Halton, who you guys, who became Bowie, who became Jimmy Cat Crapper, who became, <laughs> there's like, there's a, there's a, pla- there's a, there's a placid drive story that <laughs> probably would be on the, let's just say, Bill, first time I met Bill Pino, he was driving myself, Gee, and Bowie to uh, Placid. And it was, the storm was horrible. So we were told, just stop and get some beer. There's no way you're not going to make the first game. So Guy, Bowie, and I run and do the normal thing, get like 40. Remember how we used to do that? How many broken down carts we won? <laughs> <laughs> we throw out a number that had nothing to do with the number of people we had there. A hundred. Yeah. Throw it out. So anyways, on the way down, it snowed. And Jimmy, uh, one of the guys in the car ended up, you guys told a story about somebody, uh, Somebody had to go on a blizzard and he ended up throwing his pants down the ravine. Um, and then he had to go down. the ravine. And then we started driving off and he had a bit of an, an incident. We had to return back and he had to go down because his wallet was in his jeans and he kind of slipped through, <laughs> slipped through what he had left there. And it was just one of those interesting things. We get back to Placid and all of a sudden Pino goes, it looks good. You're going to be able to play. I can't even speak. Like I couldn't even speak. Like I remember, I, I've never thought it could be possibly done, but I forgot how to put your equipment on when people were on. So they just kind of walked me out and lay me on the bench. They put the Zamboni hose on me to try and wake me up. I slept through the first two periods. And then Donnie, like these guys that looked down at me and go, look at him. This guy's supposed to be our, our big time ringer. <laughs> it was, it just talks about that group. So we had Guy, uh, Wally Walton, who obviously, Wally is one of those characters that everybody gravitates to. Uh, Rocky Campbell, uh, Jimmy Campbell, there's a perfect example of what you guys, Donnie used to teach me, don't ever take anything personally with your right. So Donnie lets me allow to write, write the program the one year for our team. And of course it's not true, but somehow I write, uh, Jimmy Campbell took his nephews to Canada's Wonderland and he didn't get under the... Uh, <laughs> He couldn't get he didn't make the, the height. He didn't, he didn't make, make the height. So he got so upset that he kicked the shit out of Bilbo Baggins. At the, at the, it was like, just, he couldn't possibly. He didn't talk to me for two months. <laughs> he thought it was the worst thing. He goes, that's unfair. It's not a nickname. So, and, and to make it worse, Tink Huntley goes to the tournament and glues hair to Jimmy's baseball shoes just to reinforce the Hobbit routine. Which is, it was one of those things that oh. the relationship took a spin. Dr. Phil... God rest his soul. That was the most fun he ever had. I thought that tournament would actually get his life back on track, but uh, he was too far gone. But I think he had so much fun with it. And I know he loved you guys, but uh, that's just a real sad one. It's like, I look at the way Steve Turner turned his life around. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I think he turned his life around because of Dom Day. And I think that's just went in the other direction. And Jeff Nolan was the same thing. Great lacrosse player, but I couldn't get him to stick to it. But I mean, you think about the guys that come in and I think at that time, now you've got a whole new set of jocularity. And for me, it makes me, it's like, Justin, you talk about the people you didn't know. When I hear about how Steve Peters became Dave Trout, <laughs> was he on, was he on the road with you coach or was it? There's no, he, was, he was visiting me visiting in, Mar- me. in Maryland. Yeah. And he didn't have a nickname, right? If he can be Mike Minow, why can't I be Dave Trout? Like, the stuff that the offsetting for these things, but when you see your buddies traveling everywhere around the world that you didn't know and, and the best friends that you guys have developed with those guys and you just see yourselves at the game, then you know, you know what? 
it's like, uh, I love it when a plan comes together. I guess we lay a look at it because those guys have just fit like a glove. And now you see the way their families are gravitating to it. And, and it's no doubt how many uh, you see the young, you know, the young studs that you guys are producing that are stepping in as well. It's just so much fun to watch. Fantastic stuff, guys. So we're going to go on to one, one last topic, kind of looking at the, uh, the clock here, guys. Um, but we wanted to talk about the, the Tarts, uh, your franchise. You guys had some success in your history, winning two Dom Day titles. Um, we wanted to talk about one of the most infamous titles, one of the most uh, uh, influential titles, I guess, in, in your tournament history, because I do think it is a, a, a memory for a lot of people and how, you know, your friendship with Mike Donnelly um, you know, has evolved over the years. So why don't we start first, though, with kind of the inspiration behind the tarts uh, and and when you guys kind of first joined the tournament and uh, where you went from there? I'm I'm horrible on years. All I know is they're yep. saying you got to get your own franchise feuds. And uh, I was playing pro in Denmark at the time. And all the guys kept saying, how are the tarts? How are the tarts in Denmark? And, uh, and that it used to be one of the terms that um, – uh, you know, geez, there's a lot of tarts at the, at the tournament this year. There's some tarts, you know, it was just a, it was a off the collar saying for, we got a lot of good looking young ladies at this tournament. So we just went with the Danish tarts and uh, I love the teal. It was like, I talked about, I always had this thing for the San Jose. So I went the, and it was like the tart teal. Um, I was not one of those guys that went to the Albion mall presser to get my gear, my gear done. As a, as a matter of fact, the one year I, I needed a U-Haul to pull up with it. I, they told me, well, Futes, there's a, there's a limit with the guy's pay. And some of them don't even pay that limit, Justin, as you know, <laughs> but I, uh, I literally just went crazy and I bought jackets. I had jackets that I had for a buddy at the thing. I had the tarts baseball jackets with the numbers and the names on them and the, we had hats, shorts, like we were done up. We were done up. Now, I don't know what that team did that year, but we looked good. And I, everybody paid the regular amount. I just went out and did it up because it was just something that was going to look fun and it was going to be classic. And then we, we just built off the old tart teal going from there. And then the one year I know, I don't know what I was thinking. I, we probably came back from Placid and Donnie and we drank so many carts that I decided to shake it up and call us the Rexdale carts one year based on broken down golf carts and my mom this past weekend pulled out a box that has the history of every shirt that I had in Dom Day, which she's held on to. And I, for the life of me, I remember them all, but the carts. So it obviously was not a very uh, storied franchise. And the, and the story that yeah, I know you're going to get to is when we won our second, it, it started to get to a point, the tournament just didn't work for me scheduling wise because it would always fall in free agency and stuff like that. And, you know, Donnie was not sure whether he was going to make it at that time. Uh, and I just came up with this plan that for me, Donnie is like Donnie and I became synonymous. I don't know how we ever did it, how we ended up out at center field doing the awards or how we ended up getting approval to do our thing, to walk out there at the party and do our little shtick there, which God knows how we could do that now because we'd probably just have to be silent because you can't say anything without getting, <laughs> out getting arrested. So you just go out and just say thank you and walk off. But <laughs> it was, it was a, uh, I'm sitting there and I go, this is what I want to do. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to fly in and you got to come in, Don, you need this, you need this. And I want, uh, you got to bring Kinger. I'm going to, uh, I'll get you guys a limo. It'll pick you up. And, uh, I'm regardless what happens, I want you to come in and fire Chevy wherever we're at in the tournament, just fire Chevy, just come in and fire them. And you're taking over the charts. And 
I just wanted, I was so, and then I filmed this video from the Ritz car, I wear the Ritz car, the W, I was in the presidential suite and filmed before the tournament ever started. It was almost like one of those, whatever, ritzy fantasy. I had all the buffet around me and the food. And I was like, well, I swear I can't make it. You know, we just won our two Stanley Cups, but I would like to thank everybody and kind of living a different lifestyle now. But, and I announced that, you know, who my coaches were going to be because I knew it was going to happen and that I congratulate you guys on winning the tournament. And I taped it before not having any idea where you're going to win. That was the last thing in my mind. It was just having it come down. And then sure enough, when I saw the tape of these guys rolling in and they just took it from there, when that, when the limo pulled in, it's just set into the infield and these guys got came out kicking out their empties. <laughs> it was like, I love it when a plan comes together. I saw the video. It couldn't have gone any better. Chevy's calling me just losing his mind. Like he thought it was funny until he found out he was fired. And then they went on to win. So the video matched everything. It was perfect. So, yeah. So, so the a couple things uh, like, so Kinger, Kinger and I flew up to Buffalo. We met in Buffalo and, and then we rented a car and then uh, we had a couple stops along the way. And, and so this is like, I think this would have been the Saturday of the tournament or whatever, the second day of the tournament. And so we're, we're driving up and then Fute sends this limo over to the hotel there. And we get in there and, and we, we have this letter that we made up, right. That was, that was, you know, going to be announcing the coaching change or whatever. And so we, we're, we're talking with Dick Delmer on the way and the, in the, in the limo Dick's at the field. And then we're like, Dick, Dick, we're almost here. We're, we're driving up. So King and I are driving up in the limo. We come in the back way there by the school on the, and Dick comes out to meet us and, <laughs> Hanger rolls the window down like a half inch and he puts this letter out <laughs> and Dick's trying to talk to us. <laughs> King, King slips the letter out and then closes <laughs> and we take off and we tell the guy, drive us out to the pitcher's mound. And then Dick goes out and he must open the letter and saw what it said. And then we got to the field and that was classic. We opened the doors and started throwing the beer cans out. And then Pete read the letter with the megaphone and which was Futes's letter saying, you know, uh, you know, you've been relieved of your duties <laughs> effective immediately. <laughs> you know, Donnie and King are taking over, right? And I, I think we were Owen too at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Friday night game. Yeah, yeah. And 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 then we won that tilt, won the next one, and won one of the play. We won, we won the tournament. Right? <laughs> it's like what the hell? You know, it was like the perfect script. I mean, it was uh, it was unbelievable. It was a lot of fun. Just the King, whole thing King was mangled. Yeah, mangled. And we and somebody has a great video of it. There's a couple of good videos of it that I haven't seen. It looks so professional. There's a wrestler. There's a wrestler. I, I wanted to look. There's a wrestler called JBL. They used to arrive in a limousine and then just stop and get out of his. And I wanted it. And you guys killed it. Other than he didn't kick beer cans all over. Right. <laughs> it was perfect when it opened up because it was just like I just saw five Coors Light cans yeah. just get littered out. And then I could hear the crowd erupt like they're here, like two of. Two of the biggest icons in Don Bay are here and they're and they're ready to take it on. So it was awesome. God, that was fun. That was fun. As you said, Future couldn't have written it any better. You know, from the video from the limousine showing up, from you know, especially Donnie and King are getting out and Chevy being let go. Man, it was perfect. <laughs> it was just perfect. And it also happened to be the year they were filming that Dom Day documentary or whatever. Andrew Coates was filming the This Is Dom Day thing too, right? So that was a, a piece of that, if I remember correctly as well. Probably yes. The, that's probably where the footage was so good. Because I remember the one yeah. footage looked like 
they've got this like they looks like they are like a company filming this limo coming in it was awesome yeah, yeah, Dewey was filming yeah. the the This Is Dom Day uh, yeah. uh, documentary that year. So to your yeah. point, Colin, everything just kind of fell together very yeah. perfectly for what's a, a pretty neat story in in Dom Day history. And it was, it was, you know, the thing was is that you know at that time, you know, it was a rough point for me, right? Like I was coming off. Uh... Some tough times, and Donnie, that's what we're all here for—is to, here to for support. Them. You know, and that, that's what the neat thing is about Dom Day, right? Is no matter what happens in somebody's life, we're always there to support and, and reach out to people. And that's the, the exceptional part of this group. And, and that year, that's what made it special was you getting out and, you know, and seeing you. And then, you know, obviously Kinger getting out too. But the fact that Fute set that up was, was very special to everybody. Yeah. That sums it up for me, Donnie. I mean, right now I've been, I've gone through one year and I don't want, I know we don't do uh, modeling stuff very well, but it's what babe said. It's that uh, we're, we always see, that's why I get ultra disappointment because Dom Dave for me always brings out the best in people. And when sometimes it brings out the worst in some people, it really catches you off guard. But in generally, this is all about French. This is about like, I mean, tomorrow morning I'm getting up. Like I've really been struggling trying to get back to where I want to be here. It's, I think something's going to happen soon, but you have your good days and your bad days. And I mean, I think Pete Del Mazzi calls me once a week. I mean, I talk to everybody. I talk to everybody like Frankie yourself. Like, I mean, you've, got, you've gone through Donnie, your years just been one thing after another and you know how much people love you. And that's what, that's what I think sums up Dom day more than anything is everybody's, you know, we always celebrate our good times, like really like nobody else. But in our bad times, we're really here for each other. So it's pretty cool. It's yeah. pretty cool. I mean, and tomorrow, I mean, I'm golfing with Pete, Bobby, and Wood and Woodsy in the morning. So yeah, be a lot. two, two, two out of three ain't bad. I know. <laughs> well, Bobby's been a, on exotic island for a while, so I don't know. I can't. I just can't. When I see him, like, and he's done some stuff at OHL events. As soon as I see him, I just break into laughter. Like Bobby just makes me the whole shtick. It never changes anywhere. Um, and it's, it's, it's hilarious. It's just yeah. it's a different delivery altogether. You reminded me so much of that guy on, uh, oh my God, I'll send you a text. There was a guy, there was a guy that played a, a talk show host on HBO. Oh my God. I'll send it. He looks just like Bobby and his whole, Gary Sandling, his whole, oh. <laughs> it just killed me. It absolutely killed me. When I first saw the show, I was like, oh my God, this guy, this guy's got some Bob Brandt to him. It's unbelievable. But no, I love that. Very, yeah. I mean, it, it just came at a time that I really needed it. And, uh, and you convinced me to come up uh, because I didn't want to, you know, I had missed the year before. Uh, and I, I, you know, you just, uh, you just, I just, I wasn't really into it. I was dumb, but it's just the feeling, you know, and then, and then you got me to come and uh, Kinger came. And so it was good. It was good times. But uh, as you said, babe, you know, we've all, We've all, uh, a lot of the guys have been there in various situations. And I think this group has uh, worked together to get them through it, you know, and put them in a better place. So. Guys, sorry, I had to skip out there for a second. And I, and I, I meant to bring this guy on earlier, but um, he was upstairs with Ree all evening. But we promised we'd bring um, <laughs> Martin as part oh, of it tonight. Yeah. So Joey D. Joey D. He is. Uh, quietly resting in our front room and a little uh, tip of the cap to our, our buddy 
who was uh, was a great person. So cheers, cheers to Joey. He's uh, he's spending his uh, days, and he never thought he'd end up at the Coates residence, but he's in a real nice uh, front room there, <laughs> enjoying the sunlight. So good for him. Yeah, exactly. And he's more than welcome to stay until. Uh, his brother gets back to Canada. So I, I, I almost forgot about that. And I was like, I got to go upstairs. And he was up there getting loaded with re. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, why don't we use that as an opportunity to transition into some final thoughts? Uh, Futes, why don't you lead us off with just some final thoughts on, on Dom day on the tournament and, and uh, you know, your hope obviously for the future, as we kind of continue this great tradition, hopefully after this pandemic is all wrapped up. Well, I'm, I'm really glad that, you guys seem to have it down to the transition phase you have like I know why like we get into it a little bit like when I come back so I can't be there all the time and uh and I and I miss it and there's times right now when I'm not going through eight times that it, that it's the same thing it's like I, I I got other things I got it as a priority but when I every time I get in this group atmosphere even it's just six of us five of us it's you can't help but think these are the best people in the world and they keep us going so and the transition factor it's amazing to think like I, I try and think of the time. Like I knew I used to take a lot of time to uh, like if Donnie had shown me, Hey, you got two teams to do a program or write something for the Grammy. But to think about the time that the, the new group is putting in Justin yourself and all these people that are helping you and, and, and Derek and for something like this to keep people to hear stories is huge. And obviously when you get to the tournament itself and you see how you guys have stepped up in every capacity, it's, it, it feels really good that the tr tournament looks like it's just going to keep going. And I, I hope that the uh, elderly staff and um, the youths that are not really youths anymore can keep showing up. And I know we've lost a lot of special people recently. And I think the spirit of Dom Day lives alive in every one of us. Just got to keep it going. Fantastic stuff. Cote, I'll give you a chance on final thoughts here. Well, it's great to, to see Futes on here. Obviously, we we recognize him on the television through the, the course of the hockey season. But uh been a while since I uh, had a chance to touch base him in person and uh, he, he's brought a lot of great memories to, to both uh, just as his childhood through Dom Day um, through sharing the, the Stanley Cup we've had a lot of laughs he didn't throw me under the bus I probably was the one who let that damn dog out no one sound all those years ago and that could have been the downfall of your fucking marriage but we, we won't worry about that so what was that thing's Owen yeah Owen's lost whatever <laughs> go buy another dog anyhow it is great to see Futes I uh, love you, buddy, and I uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Love you too, Coach. And you are definitely not the reason the marriage went downhill. <laughs> you could sleep but, but easy one of them. But you, you were one of them. <laughs> it started with the ring speech. Yeah. I had it written in my notes. <laughs> ba babe, final we thoughts. We them together. Well, you know, my final thoughts is, you know, I met uh, feuds through case and you know both you know obviously case is my brother and you know love him and the mutual respect we had for for case and his accomplishments and and what he did for lacrosse and rexdale and and what he's done for this tournament too but uh you know feuds and i have become good buddies is along the way and, and that's what the really neat part is you know friends to your brothers and I, you know i explain this tournament is it's my brothers and their buddies and you know our kids and their buddies and we all get together and you know it's funny the the respect and friendship you get with different people that you know you weren't friends with at the time and you know you look at our age span between us and you think well that's too great well it was when you're you know when Futes is eight and i'm 18 but you know as you grow and you know things close the gap and and that's the beauty of 
of where we are as friends, where we are, you know, at Dom Day too, is that we all are friends and and it's the connection, you know, I mean, you talk about six degrees of separation, you know, there's half a degree of separation at Dom Day. And that's what the neat part is. And that's why, you know, love a guy like Futes, love everybody on this call. And I'm so happy, you know, we talked about this before, but I'm so happy Derek brought this idea forward because I didn't think it would be as good as it is and as emotional as it is and, and so many great memories. And, you know, I'm sure we could go on and on, but, you know, I'm sure as Donnie said, you know, a lot of it will have to be cut out, but it, it is so much fun and I really enjoy it. And yep. hold on, Barhead Copper Mill, uh, <laughs> you know. Clearbrook Circle, very big one. Ford Witch. A lot of, Ford a lot of tentacles off of Clearbrook yeah. Circle. What about Hollow? What about Hollow? Hollow? Stavely? Kings Knoll. Stavely, Good Street, Fowlfield. <laughs> I think that's 13 drinks for, for the millennials at home. Ford Witch, Tayroll. Oh, list goes oh. on and on. Colin Don, Donnie, final thoughts. Yeah, I, I, you know, with Futes is like, like we already talked about. I mean, this, this friendship goes back to when he was nine and I was twenty or whatever, I guess. I mean, and, and has grown over the years. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we could be on here for four hours, literally five, six. I mean, there's so many stories, and I think we've been muzzled on a few of them, um, but. Uh, you know, uh, one thing that, you know, and he told me many a times was that he couldn't believe the way that we uh, attacked each other, but in, in the form of friendship. And he was always fascinated by that right from the get go. And, uh, you know, he's told me he's told me again that in, in, as in his career several times, he said he he sort of used the same approach with, in, in his relationships with his 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 players or his co co-workers that uh, in the NHL or, you know, in the OHA or whatever. I mean, I think he, yeah, I think he learned a lot from us, which is cool, you know, and, uh, and uh, so, you know, I get emotional on this stuff, but, uh, but uh, sharing it, sharing it kid. It's a good rap. Yeah. I mean, that guy's, you know, we're lucky to have this guy. So, uh, but uh off the air, I could tell you a whole bunch of other stuff, things that uh, we can't we can't say on here. But uh, God, we've had some laughs. So. Well, guys, we'll leave it there. I just want to, as well, kind of echo some of the thoughts that the guys have had today. Fantastic to have Futes on this tournament. I mean, I think as somebody who doesn't fully know all the stories that we hear, um, but to hear you know this friendship with a nine nine year old has somehow morphed into one of the the most important kind of friendships in in Dom Day. Um, leading to I, what I think is one of the coolest moments in Dom Day history was that limo pulling up uh, onto Case Field a few years ago. Um, it's amazing how, um, you know, especially as we go through now, I think we're on episode 13 of, of this thing is you see how these little blocks build this house or, or foundation of what Dom Day is 42 years later. Um, and, and, you know, guys like the six obviously on the phone and then many others who are sitting at home, uh, their, their wives, uh, their daughters and, and the guys who play in this tournament. I think it's fantastic, um, you know, to, to continue to hear these stories, especially as we hope to one day be back at Casefield and hopefully that day is sooner rather than later to continue to share those stories and grow those friendships. So maybe I'll give you one final thought before we wrap it up. Yeah, I think one thing that hasn't been said on here is the generosity of Mike Fuda. And when you think of 
you know, the silent auctions we've had, the money we've donated over the years to, uh, you know, sick kids. Mike Fuda has been one of the main people behind it for all the sweaters and items he's donated, which I know those don't come for free. Uh, you know, typically you buy the jersey, get somebody to sign it, and then you're donating it off. And there's a tremendous amount of effort, time, and money that goes into it. And and Futes has been number one in donating all those things and keeping that auction alive and raising money for kids sports. So Futes from, you know, our Dom Day family to you, as you well know, a tremendous amount of respect, but thank you for that as well. Thanks, babe. So you guys love this. How much will this sports night Sportsnet signed microphone. Go for it. <laughs> 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 <You're working. laughs> Actually, Lil's Lil's reverse earphones are going to go. For yeah, David Amber rookie card. If you, if you could get us a big scalp of Fridge's hair, that would go. That would go a long way. Take a take a pair of scissors of that mop. Oh man, so, appreciate it, babe. Thank you. Awesome, guys. We're going to leave it there. Uh, thanks again for listening. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the Dom Day Tales podcast. Look forward to seeing you guys again next week. Thanks, gents. Woo! Woo! Thanks, Fuse. Great episode. Good job, Fuse. Thanks, awesome. guys. Awesome seeing you. I was hitchhiking down along the dusty When a mucker road along came a transport truck With a high canvas covered load If you're going to win a muckamack with me you can ride I climbed into the cab, I settled down inside He asked me if I'd seen a road With so much dust and sand I said, listen bud I've traveled every road in this here land I've been everywhere, man I've been everywhere, man Across the desert, spare man I breathe the mountains here, man I've traveled, I've done my share, man I've been everywhere Where you been, he says Oh, let me see now, a couple of places. I've been to Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Windsor, South Dakota, Wichita, Tulsa, Ottawa, Oklahoma, Tampa, Panama, Matamala, Paloma, Durango, Baltimore, Salvador, Amarillo, and I told you where until Amadella ran the color. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, spare man. I freeze the mountains, there, man. I travel, I've done my share, man. I've been everywhere. Is that right, he says, after a long pause. And I says, Boston, Charleston, Dayton, Louisiana, Washington, Houston, Kingston, Texacana, Monterey, Faraday, Santa Fe, Calhoun, Glen Rock, Halifax, Little Rock, Argus, Tennessee, Hennessy, Chippewa, Spirit Lake, Grand Lake, Other Lake, Larder Lake, for Pete's sake, I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, spare man, I breathe the mountains, there, man. I travel, I've done my share, man. I've been everywhere. This truck driver turned around again to me and said, Look, buddy, if you ain't Hank Snow, don't you ever shut up? And I says, Louisville, Nashville, Oxville, Omaha, New York, Newark, Costa Rica, Utah, Montreal, Springfield, Bakersfield, Freeport, Hagen, Sec, Cadillac, Pondelac, Devonport, Idaho, Mexico, Argentina, Damadina, Pasadena, Casadena. See what I mean, Jack? I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, spare man. I breathe the mountains, dear man. I travel, I've done my share, man. I've been everywhere. And this truck driver turned around again to me and said, Look at here, mate. 
I'm kind of getting sick and tired of you talking about all these United States cities and towns. I'm a Canadian truck driver, and I want to hear a little bit of the North Country for a change. Well, I said there's always uh, North Bay and heading up into northern Ontario to places like uh, Tomogamy, New Liskert, Haleyberry, Cobalt, Timmins, Ansonville, Kirkland Lake, Cochrane, Capus, Casing, Hearst, Geraldton, Beardsmore, and the Lakehead. And heading from Nipigon down 17 into Scriber, Marathon, White River, Wawa, and Sault Ste. Marie. Heading eastward from the Sioux on 17 to Thessalon, Blind River, Elliott Lake, Manitoulin Island, Espanola, Sudbury, Cash Bay, Sturgeon Falls, and back to North Bay. Heading down south now, number 11 to Huntsville, Bracebridge, Gravenhurst, Aurelia, Barry, Aurora, New Market, and even Stouffville in another town we all know well called... Uh, Toronto, Plattsburgh, Alberta, Colorado, Winnipeg, Rexburg, Vicksburg, Alberta, Laramie, the Alamo, Chattanooga, Vancouver, Jasper, Nebraska, Alaska, Palaka, Caribou, Waterloo, Kalamazoo, Kansas City, Sioux City, 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 Dodge City, what a pity, I've been everywhere, man, I've been everywhere, man, across the desert, spare man, I breathe the mountains, dear man, I travel, I've done my share, man, I've been everywhere. Well, this truck driver looked at me again and he said, he said, he said, don't you know nothing about the Maritimes at all, boy? Yeah. He had the audacity to ask me. Of course, you Newfoundlanders wouldn't understand that word. That's a big word I learned in Skinner's Pond School, Prince Edward Island. <laughs> Didn't really mean that, you know, but I had to say it anyhow. <laughs> yeah, he says... Don't you know nothing about the Maritimes? I said, look, mate, I can tell by the big spuds in the back of your rig. You must be a spud picker from Prince Edward Island. I can tell you that much about the Maritimes. You must be friends with them there blue nosers from Nova Scotia. And the New Brunswick Heron Soakers. Not to mention anything, of course, about them squid jigging lads from over Newfoundland. Now, the run of the towns in the Maritimes goes like this, mate. There's Moncton, Chatham, St. John, Hamilton, Grand Falls, Sackville, Newcastle, Fredericton, Charlottetown, Somerside, Lace Bay, Annapolis, Spring Hill, Sydney, Manchester, Glasgow, Antigonish, Windsor, Toronto, Gander, Bonavista, St. John's, Swanabur, Quarterbass, and Mr. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Boston's a spare man. I breathe them out and say, man, but there's just one place I haven't been. Tramp on the gas and roller, man. Soon we're gonna be there, man. Soon we're gonna be there.